podcast with me joe yule um really lovely as always to have you along uh, whether it be morning noon night or day um it's always a pleasure uh, to have you with us and um today i'm really 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 excited uh, to be speaking to someone i've been hotly in pursuit of for quite a while now really since this podcast began in fact um he's someone that i admire enormously respect enormously and I'm lucky enough to spend um, a reasonable bit of bit of time with um, when he gives his five rhythms of dance workshops once monthly. Um, but sometimes those little hiatuses in between those appointments are a little longer. And the reason for that is that Chris Connors, um, today's guest, is a busy man. He's recently created a product called Beatbox Moments, and he says that sometimes you've got to get into the box to break out of it and no one likes to live in a box uh, a cardboard box as I believe the song goes um, because yeah we always like to be thinking outside of the box moving outside of the box shaking outside of the box and that is definitely something we do on the dance floor in Chris's classes so it feels like something I've always wanted to find out a lot more about this meditative um, experience that he has created in cities Um, around the world since I kind of last spent a bit of time with him which was in his retreat center or his retreat um, immersion at the end of last year and basically um, he says that when we live from our present state reality accessing the power and beauty of the present moment we eat better sleep better communicate better and live in a more balanced state of being that he calls Uh, relaxed action now I love that Um, and I feel like um, that is a really beautiful place to be and it's not always it seems to be a plane flying overhead right in the middle of this recording Um, there's never never a good time um, to be in relaxed action is there let's be honest Um, it's a difficult place to find anywhere in this uh, very hectic world that we all reside in Um, and I feel like it's something that I access on an infrequent basis. I try to put it into my uh, diary on a daily basis. I try to squeeze it in, um, that appointment with myself to check in before I check out for the rest of the day and jump on my laptop and, you know, get involved on my phone and do all those wonderful things. And I think I've always had an argument with myself, which we talk about um, in today's interview, um, whether meditation can be moving, Um, I've always found it very tough to sit cross-legged and do that kind of, um, you know, typical statured meditation that we traditionally are led to believe is the only way to really find and sink into the deep bliss. So for me, I have spent way more of my time uh, meditating in movement than I have um, in stillness, but I, I, you know, would love to be able to have more access to those still moments. Um, And as Chris always also says, uh, about this particular product, the B-Box moments that he's introducing around the world, currently stateside, um, and I think shortly to be arriving in New York. Um, he says that he's passionate for us all to become more still in the city while still living in the city. And I guess, you know, cities are notoriously tricky places to be. Uh, and coming from one in Ireland, which 
was particularly full of chaos and carnage and um yeah just a really tough place to find that stillness to find that peace to find that serenity um it all seems to have come um full circle for chris so i'm really really excited to be sharing his story today about how he found living in ibiza and why he came here um as someone that so many people here um, know and love and have so much respect for um but today's podcast um is brought to us as always by our sponsor giggle water um which is inspired by the 1920s playful american term meaning alcoholic beverage um giggle water is a lifestyle brand with a passion for value innovation and a strong social mission um, so it's founded on the idea of having a life of balance, happiness and health. And the brand is focused on creating products that are relevant and meaningful to people's lives and their experiences therein, as well as giving back to global communities via charity and environmental projects, including the Ibiza Preservation Fund and Clean Ibiza Now. So having spoken to Catherine uh, of Giggle Water Wines, the CEO and founder, who's also a dear friend of mine, she says that um, she believes that there needs to be more of a focus on wellness and balance in the alcoholic drinks industry and in people's lives in general. So this is core uh, to the theme and foundation of the Giggle Water brand. And the reason... I felt it would be good to partnership uh, with Giggle Water on this podcast is because, uh, as the very title suggests, resetting ourselves in Ibiza after, um, yeah, little bits of partying and little bits of over-socialising is something that's incredibly necessary on a regular basis. Uh, Like anywhere else in the world, um, we all need to reset ourselves often uh, to stay in tune with where we want to be. And I think... A lot of the wellness experts here are people by their very nature who have a foot in both camps and people that like to live their lives in balance. Um, being able to go out and enjoy all the fruits of Ibiza and the, you know, the dance floors, but also feel good a lot of the time, or most of the time, in fact. Um, and going from A to B does require a little bit of focus, a little bit of motivation and a little bit of... Um, the word really I guess like tenacity and um, desire you know that desire to stay well um, in a place where it's not always necessarily so easy has got to be something that you commit to and um, discipline is a word that Chris and I are discussing (laughs) quite a lot in today's podcast and has been a real theme for me of late so I'm really 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 um, like I say looking forward to sharing everything he has to say he's a wonderful man he's got a beautiful Irish accent which just feels like yeah, a massage for the years. Um, so without further ado, this is Chris Connors um, talking to us about his B-Box Moments project um, and his five rhythms of dance uh, creations. Don't go away. So I'm uh, here uh, on the beach in Santillalia and uh, very, very delighted to be with today's guest that is Mr. Christopher Connors. Good evening. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm very, very good, thank you. And um, I just never expected to be pretty much sort of in bed with you, really, for this podcast. <laughs> it's a dream come true. Well, well indeed. <laughs> Every girl's dream, that's for sure, to be there. I don't even know how I could answer that one, but that's okay. <laughs> well, let, well, to set the scene a little bit further, we're actually right. lying um, on a very large double sunbed, um, which is feeling very opulent and luxurious and gazing out to the most beautiful pink, fluffy sunset. Yeah, it's beautiful. You can see the the sort of turquoise waves 
the pink clouds are reflecting the western sun and it's just an Ibiza moment as we kind of have many days we are very blessed in that department there's no denying I'm feeling very um, well I don't know I've never really seen the sky look like this before in Santalalia so I'm definitely uh, enjoying this moment and it feels quite an apt setting really for uh, a podcast where we're going to talk about meditation in a moment mm-hmm. yeah great looks like one of those sort of scenescapes that you would see on some sort of you know YouTube movie on meditation with a guided sort of uh, talking still YouTube voice YouTube videos <laughs> where they're just kind of the waves rippling in the sky looking beautiful and pink and fluffy yeah that's it it's a tough life it's a tough life someone's got to live it um, so I mean first off I mean you know I think I think the first time I ever clapped eyes on you was in the orange shop in Santilalia all those uh, many many moons about, about five years ago you were with Susie Pearl our dear friend <laughs> I was. I was probably looking to install my phone and, and get grounded here. That was that was partly when I just moved here, when I decided to come here and spend my the majority of my life here. Yeah. And how are you feeling about that decision right now? Well, I'm here and it's five years. And, you know, I always say when, when people ask me, you know, how is Ibiza all this time? And I said, you know, it gets better with age for me. It's a, it, Ibiza just gets better and better. I keep unfolding and finding more and... Um, in the good words of many people here, you know, the island is good to me. So uh, I'm enjoying every single moment of it. In what ways would you say that it's kind of, you know, it's good to you exactly? Well, obviously, there are the obvious benefits of living in, uh, in a place that has so much light. And that really, in, that really inspires me. It gives me, you know, it's so good for our serotonin levels, so good for our brain, our body. Um, and then also just living in community in this sort of, I, I would say Beth is like a big commune, you know. We live in this sort of real flow. And you'll know from the five rhythms, the, 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 the rhythm of flow is that sort of everything feels very at ease when you're in flow. There are days when it's not, but when it does, my word, there's nothing like the flow of Ibiza. You will not find in many parts of the world. When you're in a good day here, things are good. I have to agree with you there. Yeah, mm. I mean, the highs are quite unbelievable and right. uh, yeah the lows are also <laughs> exacerbated in, in such a similar fashion yeah. at times yeah. so yeah it, it does ex- you know it does assist mm. there's no doubt about it when things are rolling they're really yeah. rolling but you know in all ways <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's a, again you know in Ibiza you know I always say for people say to me you know how do you live in this place which you know it's not like a city at all it's completely a different world and I said well for me you know it's really um an invitation to live every day in good practice with good awareness you know keep yourself grounded here it's really important you know it can it's easy to fly away in Ibiza and get very lost um but I always say Ibiza is the island of the seeker I don't know what everybody's seeking, but I can feel they're here for something and they want something good for themselves. Even if it's the wildest party or the deepest meditation, you know, it definitely feels like they want something good. I think that's definitely true. But I think, I guess, you know, particularly with your your practice that you have, I mean, you know, you you are probably more able to stay grounded uh, than most people here with a daily kind of go-to tool to reset yourself, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I'm big on that. I'm big on, on, you know, resetting every single day. For me, it's morning, noon, and night, you know. It's not just uh, a class, you know, in a, in a nice place. It's uh, it's my life. It's my life choice, my lifestyle, you know. It doesn't mean I'm a monk, but it means that I can live in good practice and good awareness and my choices are good and, you know, I feel well for that. So Ibiza gives me everything I need. And, you know, I'm pretty alert and aware to the things that I don't want to get involved with. And that's, that's okay too, you know. There's a place for everything, not just for me, you know. 
No, absolutely. And I mean, you know, the thing I love about this island and the wellness experts, for example, let's yes. uh, let's call them that live here, yes. like your good self, yes. um, is that you know they have a foot in both camps, and that's exactly why I called this podcast the Reset Rebel. Because mm. you know, for example, I've seen Bergs um, mm. at Woo Moon, and right. I've, I've shared many a dance floor, right. and I've turned around, and he's been there, and and I was actually at Pikes the other evening at the DJ Harvey closing party. And yeah, I span around and there was one of my favourite Reset Rebels. There you are. <laughs> Sweaty and hot. Good funk. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that was a good purge of sweat <laughs> that night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, for me, the most important thing is keeping your vibration really good, you know. And I know we use that word a lot around here, vibration, but it's true, you know. And I'm, I'm definitely up for the good times as well, you know. And uh, it's balance, you know. I, I know when they're good and when they feel good, I'm ready for that, you know. And you know my, you know, you asked me earlier, um, just as we were setting up, when you know, uh, why did you come to Ibiza? Well, uh, I came here. My first time I came here was in 1992, and uh, the reason why it's quite a story, really. But the reason why was because uh, I was caught on a bomb in Belfast. I was in a huge bomb explosion in the in the city, and I was pushed into. Uh, uh, a Virgin Megastore at that time and I remember going in and we were locked in and we had to stay there and um, uh, it was all go- pandemonium outside and I remember looking at the wall and they, they used to have CDs in the wall remember the sort of CD players that you could choose and uh, I I remember being so drawn by this CD cover Oh, I think we're going to be kicked out no he thought better of it it was the waiter <laughs> you were drawn by a CD cover I was drawn by the CD cover and it was exactly these colours of pink and blue and it was this light turquoise blue and it was the cover of the Café del Mar album and so I put on the earphones and I remember just being completely transported into a completely other world and I remember just thinking what is this music and where is this stuff and um, I looked on the cover and it said Ibiza I was like I didn't even really know where Ibiza was you know I was just a young Belfast boy kind of stuck in that world in a very 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 difficult traumatic world and um, those colours I'll never forget this colourway um, those kind of pastel pinks and blue pastel pink and blues and um, and within weeks I was in Ibiza I found a way to get here and I wanted to go to that place that was making this music and so I did and the rest is the rest and I'm here so that was the experience that sort of drew you in it basically was. yeah and I landed here and it you know I could not believe the freedom you know I had grown up in a place of complete structure and uh, fear and institutional fear and you know a lot of really post-traumatic stress you know and so for me uh, you know my PTSD was a really big part of my life to resolve and um, when I came to Ibiza, the sensation of dancing on the beach with DJs and music was the beginning of the release. So I am deeply, deeply grateful to this island for so many reasons, not just to enjoy it, but it was, it's a medicinal island for me and maybe for many. So how was it growing up in a place with such structure and such sort of institutionalised terror? Just what you could imagine, you know. We grew up... It's funny because, you know, in a way, we, we grew up in a way that was kind of like the way we're moving right now. You know, but Belfast was an extreme version of that, i.e., you know, constantly security checks, bomb scares. You know, your whole life was really in terror, really. Um, and it was a funny place because, you know, on some level, 
the view of it might be that it was sort of, they used to call it the troubles, but we were in a war state. It was a war, really. We were in that frame of mind of war, you know. Any day was your life, you know. It wasn't just a little trouble in the streets. It was your whole life is in danger, and, and truly. <laughs> and so I grew up with that, um, you know, but for me it was home as well. It's such a curious thing. People always say, well, why didn't you just get out? And it's like, but when it's your home and your family and your family's family and your whole structure... Where do, you, where do you go? It's, you're, you, you, you survive with that instinct, you know. But that said, you know, Belfast had amazing resilience and the people are amazing there. And, you know, and then when I was 17, 18, we, used to, we got into the acid house music and started dancing and raving, or really raving to release our energy. And that's when I started getting into movement to release energy. You know, I started to realize I was, it was helping me. So, you know, there's a lot to say for the raving and the dancing of that time for me personally that, uh, you know, it was so important for me. Yeah, I, well, that's one of the favourite places that I do bump into is your yeah. wonderful Five Rhythms workshops that yeah. you hold up at um, the House yeah, of Colours in San Juan. Yeah, I love seeing you walk in <laughs> and just walk in and then sort of mosey about and then by the end you're like totally <laughs> drenched and released and <laughs> refreshed and <laughs> exhausted and... You know, there's something to be said for the exhausted mind, right? <laughs> it's so relaxing when you exhaust your mind. And that's part of what we do there, of course. We exhaust our minds, you know, so we can... Exhaust everything, really. Everything. My exhaust falls off by the end of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it blows up. Beyond exhaustion, I know. That's so true. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, well, I don't know, really. To, to me, I can't, re- I can't, you know, it's going to sound a bit cheesy, I suppose, but I just cannot thank you. I mean, thank you enough. Yeah. I was only thinking about it the other night because... When I was in bed after last week's session, I just was kind of going back through my mind, really, about yeah. that whole journey for me. Because I was saying to you after the last Five Rhythms workshop last week, mm. I, I felt such resistance going there. Yeah. And the first time I ever went was in Brighton. And I went um, to this church at the end yeah. of a place I was actually house-sitting. Right. And it felt like we were dancing on the graves of a sort of you know lunatic's asylum, basically. On, on the, and I, I never went back for a really long time because the people in there were bonkers scary like you know howling and screaming and shouting and roaring and crying and stamping and thumping on the floor with their fists and I was like what's all this about it was like not my favorite experience but until I came here probably to a more gentle energy and someone like you teaching it of course makes all the difference and you know you did inspire me to go to New York and try it over there as well which is incredible same similar madness vibes but just much more fun for it this time yeah yeah I get that I you know the thing is you know in any kind of conscious practice which it is um which we do you know self-awareness is such a big hurdle to get through you know walking into any room and not feeling self-conscious is a miracle right so it's you know it happens for all of us we suddenly go in and we're hit by ourselves and that's always the first step you know it's always my first step when I started this practice and I started meditating was you know moving through all my self-consciousness and I realized, you know, I, I was kind of looking through the room through my own lens, like it was all my story, which kind of it is in a way, all my projections, all of my stuff going on in the room um, <clears throat> until I became comfortable with the practice. And then the practice started to guide me. So, you know, with that work, then it was less walking in and thinking, God, this is full of a bunch of weirdos into I'm walking in because I need to release something and I have some I have work to do and I've got my stuff and I actually don't really care who's here and whoever pops up will pop up. And then you move even further, walk in and go, okay, I'm in a house of mirrors. I'm in everyone is me. And that's a whole other stage where you're kind of like, okay, so this is all my reflection going on right now. And that's another layer. So it's kind of like I expect that. I expect 
people to walk in and feel self-conscious or resistant or I want that I'm not I'm not asking people to walk in and be angelic and spiritual and all sort of styled up and ready I'm asking people to go through a journey to come to the other side and really awaken through themselves and do their work to get there I think that's exactly what it feels like work in some ways because um just before I moved to Ibiza, I was I was in the, I was in India, and I decided I was just walking down the beach, and I met this guy who was quite attractive, and that was definitely one of the reasons I decided to plunge myself into this um, contact dance festival for a week. Right. He was just telling me about it as I sat there drinking right. a cup of tea, and then the next thing I knew, I'd actually signed up, and I thought this is deeply, deeply uncomfortable. I've never done contact dance. It was like 147 people from like 38 countries from around the world. And a lot of them were like Indian men, and I was like, mm, "This is going to be weird," and it was. Yes. It was horrible. Uh, in lots of lots of moments, I felt deeply uncomfortable. I but I thought my method here was like, if I can dance this out for a week of my life, stone cold sober, mm. I would like to be able to learn to get mm. into my body in that way before I go right. to a place where I know I might be tempted to get smashed up yeah. quite a lot of the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, more than I would be in my own uh, home habitat, which was right. Brighton at the time. Right. So that's kind of why I, why I threw myself into that. Yeah. And then directly after that follows this five rhythms thing, which, right. okay. which really led on neatly and beautifully from that. But it conjured up the same kind of feeling of being quite yeah just resistant and hesitant yeah, and uncomfortable yeah. and a bit like yeah, you know sure. what is this but sure. I just when you get into it and when you really yeah. surrender to it and throw yourself off the yeah. deep end yeah. my god the stuff that happens on that dance floor oh, is just magical yeah. it is it's a it's a whole other dimension you know sort of conscious dancing or movement you know it's really moving out now I'm really happy about that because for the 20 years I've been doing this you know it's um you know, when I first started, it was really tucked away and still very controversial. Even for me, you know, as a meditation teacher, when I was teaching typical simple meditations, you know, it was very controversial. I mean, people thought I was, they would be moving away, you know. Um, and so I'm happy for it to come into the into our psyche. And what I was going to say was that most people are now discovering that they don't have to get drunk or high to dance. And in fact, you know, what I would always say is that the truth is that it's the dance that's the drug the dance is the drug and the more you can take of it which you can take as much as you want the higher you're going to get the higher you're going to go you keep going and you keep dancing and you give all of yourself and you will reach places that any drug can take you to and it, you can get there you know you really can and that, I love that phrase get high on your own supply you know it's there all drugs do or they fast access you there you know but then you pay the cost you know and you're not really there the thing is there's an interesting direction with drugs is that they will take you to a place of complete you know inhibition and the feeling of freedom um but there's a part of you that's not conscious and not not present to what's really happening and that's a shame in a way or it's a miss not a shame but it's a miss you know it's like a miss of those potential moments you know so the there's a sort of for me i i, I tend to you know when i used to go clubbing a lot in my early days in the 90s and in the late 90s going out dancing and when i started discovering this practice I would go and dance with my friends who all thought I was more high than them and I was completely just in dance you know uh, but that's my place to go that's my resource you know and I have some tools to get me there you know but I would encourage people always to just really kind of dance more you know uh, it's, been, it's so good for our western mind we're so heady and critical and full of our thoughts and we believe everything we think which is ridiculous uh, you know whereas movement is so such good medicine for our thinking you just throw your thoughts into your body it can really really settle your mind you know 
oh, just come back more. You just no, don't. No, you're no, not no, here no, enough. No, That's no. the tragedy of it all. It's like <laughs> I've only know. been once this year. I, I just know. like I just you know last week I was like. I just need this. I need yeah. this in my life because yeah. it bleeds into every other area it and I, I feel it and I see it, it and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm on the cusp of going back to New York again actually for a little bit more, Good. maybe even a teacher training. I don't know. Nice. I'm playing with it. Nice. But, you know, you said that obviously the founder and the creator who's very sadly not with us anymore was Gabrielle mm. Roth. And, yeah. you know, I mean, how is that to have kind of spent a bit of time with her? Yeah, I spent many years with Gabrielle, you know. We, we, we created a really dear friendship and a dear connection um, for quite a long time in our life. Um, you know, I can only say this because Gabrielle, for me, you know, I had been to India many, many times and I'd spent many years in many ashrams and many monasteries and retreats and, and I honour every single one of those experiences and every one of those masters and gurus. Um, but with Gabrielle, when I met her in New York, she sat on the, on the stage, I'll never forget, she was head to toe in this fashion black in this beautiful Anda Malumister who's my favourite fashion designer as well which was kind of weird Belgian Japanese mix uh, with a big diamond ring and red nail varnish and sort of looked like Patti Smith you know kind of rock chicky <laughs> and I was like yeah you're my kind of woman I was like you know I wasn't really prepared yet to kind of having come from fashion I wasn't really prepared to give up my own style to sort of adopt a yogi style or a Buddhist style that was, you know style's important for me it's an expression of your individuality and who you are and and I think in the West, that's important to us, you know. To live egoless is very challenging in the West. You know, you can go and do that in the East, but in the West, it's not so easy. And so when I saw her, we instantly connected. It was immediate, and uh, we hung out a lot. And I can tell you, it was really like being with a kind of superstar, a kind of rock star superstar with swagger, but a beautiful heart and a mind and a master's mind and heart. And so... You know, being around her was just delicious. Like, you know, it was really, wow. You know, uh, wow. You know, it's almost like no words. You know, because the experiences that I had with her were so uh, incredibly expansive, and um, the amount of learning that I had that was so immediate with her for, with her was incredible. And um, you know, I, I I live in testimony to her actually because you know she never left New York. She lived in New York for fifty years. Uh, she was head and toe in the city. She was committed to the city um, and to all of the mess of the city, to really deep healing in the city, which most people were not doing. And um, and also for all the individuals and the outcasts, from the transsexuals to the people dying of AIDS and all through, you know, all the outreach that she's done in community. I mean, she was a really deep healing woman, you know. It wasn't just about funky dancing and sort of a bit of a trip, you know. Her work was really deeply put into into the healing modality uh, through movement and so she had blind I mean I remember teaching a blind uh, uh, class with her of 150 blind people who came for the first time to move and I watched them move and I wept watching them express can you imagine the amount of fear in their body and they were able to move freely for the first time in their life and they were weeping they were people were just completely freeing up just by simple movement and then I saw what this practice was doing. So beautiful. Yeah. A 
got little little goosebumps happening yeah. after that. Yeah, I like that. Just oh, yeah, blows my mind really, completely and utterly. I mean, yeah, to be feeling that free when yeah. one of your key senses is completely removed yeah. must be absolutely incredible. It was incredible. just incredible, and they could really dance like dolphins. You know, mm. they could move and dance, and they started really moving around the room. You know, if you think of blind people, generally kind of fumbling away, trying to feel things, really limited, rigid. They were like dolphins in there, and they were feeling into each other. Or, but they'd never push each other or bump. It was like a, it was incredible, and that's where I, I saw the power of movement and I saw the intelligence of movement in its deepest healing way. And then other ones working in Israel and Palestine uh, with Israeli and Palestinian women, um, working with them and, and using movement as an expression of war, uh, an expression of hatred, an expression of love. Um, and reconciliation it was, I mean you know these are not things that words can do <laughs> yeah I definitely saw that on your retreat last year actually um, but just some of the things that you came out with like I think one of the I don't know if I'm allowed to ta- say yeah, what sure, you sure. What, when you were saying about you know is there any anybody in this room who's lost you know lost a parent and then yeah. you know recently and then yeah. these people kind of separated off and it just it was just so powerful to kind oh, of yeah. see people like dancing their grief and dancing their loss and dancing yeah. Yeah. you know relationships with their parents and I had no idea what was going to come up I've never been on one of these retreats before yeah. especially yeah. you know it was it was very powerful yeah. and I just felt such a yeah I felt a, such a deep sense of of medicine through mm. that movement it for me yeah. it, it was yeah I'm sure for everybody but it just really yeah. felt very very um at that time at the end of a crazy summer last year I really needed needed it and it was just like wow a light went off in my entire body that just went with me for for months Mm. well you know for us it's this work the five rhythms work is is more of a it's a it's a map for your life you know it's you know I would always say you know um, it's dance is great you know ecstatic dance and all of these, these things are fantastic but this work is a it's a life map you know it's a it's a design for your life and so you got to put your life into it in order to understand it you know it's a bit like sort of pouring the the sort of you know the jelly into the mold you know that that your your life is that mold you know movement kind of gives you the shape of it and the texture of it and then you really can see it and so for me that's that's what's most um beautiful about it you know it's a it's a resource uh, you know it's a method it's a meditation um but it's also a, a medicine so would you say that's that's kind of healed a lot of this PTSD or would you say you oh, found yeah. that more through your meditation practice? No, for me this work was so deep in that healing. You know, I, the amount of things that I discovered in in through movement because words would, would never take me there because, you know, trauma like that, heightened trauma if you've grown up, you know, as a three-year-old, you know, with guns pointing at you down the street and tanks going around the, 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 the main roads and um, you grow up with that sense of your life's in danger every day um, that trauma lives in your body and only through movement could I really, really feel the amount that was sitting in my system and also could I articulate it and release it and as Gabrielle always said which is the most beautiful line turn your suffering into art your art into awareness and your awareness into action and that's what happened to me all my PTSD, all the mental suffering I had I started to formulate through movement my body and express it and find shape start to have fun with it move it, shift it and then let it be and let it rest and, and then it would leave and you know, my, the left side of my body was so frozen and 
I didn't know, of course, but um, when I released it, I, it doesn't sit with me anymore. You know, it's a really clear, simple fact. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just love that. I just, yeah, yeah, I think it's just absolutely fascinating, really, what can happen when you really start. To, I mean, as a yoga teacher, I mean, for me, I got a little bit bored with this whole, you know, doing something on the left side, then repeating it on the right, right. and then, you know, just it was a very linear frame of movement. And right. until I, I found my teacher, who mm. I absolutely worship now, mm. Um, mm. Julie Martin, right. she, um, you know, she's an ex New York choreographer and yes. dancer, yeah. and then she lives in Hawaii now. And I'm actually going on um, her retreat in January. It's an immersion oh, for a week with this non-linear, unstructured kind of frame of, of work that she's kind of, she calls uh, the intelligent yoga rebellion, where it's about kind of moving into um, freedom of movement and unstructured movement and, and a kind of yoga that massages the fascia. So it's very much about kind of getting into a more intelligent way of, uh, right. of, of moving the body that is right. loosely based on yoga, but ultimately... Right. It's very much a different thing entirely. And that's yes. what I did on my 500 hour. And she's incorporating that with the Five Rhythms teacher. Mm. So it's the two of them together oh, for a fantastic. week. I'm literally wetting my pants. Oh. I can't wait. <laughs> that's wonderful. You know, I think it's um, for me, um, you know, uh, our work in, in movement, the Five Rhythms work is, um, you know, I'll, we, I get a lot of yoga teachers coming to my classes. And, um, you know, for the Western mind, it's a very good thing to be able to have freedom because you know we are the westerners are psychodramatic and we are naturally highly emotive and expressive and what we're very good at is making change happen and we're very good at breaking through and we're very good at innovating and we're very good at saying yeah i agree to that no i don't and we're very good at vocalizing our whole way of life in the east however you know they're extremely good at following a pattern and sort of repeating and becoming and sort of you know, uh, practicing in that way and, and sort of going all the way through. And so for me, my personal challenge with um, linear practices was that, you know, I could not, my mind would not let me do that. I'm an artist, really, in the essence of myself, and my art needed to express, and I couldn't become a sort of linear formula. I couldn't, I couldn't adhere to that. I was too rebellious, actually. And my rebel really saved me because I was off to monasteries to train for years through Buddhism. I was off to ashrams to, you know, I was doing all of that. But actually what really came to me was fundamentally it's all within me and that's my universe. And that's, that needs to explore and express mm-hmm. like a good Westerner. And we deserve to own ourselves, you know. I don't believe that we need to go and always just bow down to Eastern philosophies, even though they are the gatekeepers of great wisdom. They are. They're amazing, and I, you know, I'm extremely grateful to them all for what they've done in my life. But we have a, we have our own innate wisdom and our own indigenous belonging to our land, which is important that we embody and become. So, out of interest, I mean, for me, meditation um, is something that you know we're kind of traditionally told we have to like sit down we have to cross our legs we have to be still Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and for me I've always found meditation through movement Mm -hmm. through walking and everyone's like oh no 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 that's not meditating it's like well actually when I go without my phone and without anything at all in India for four hours in the morning at sunrise and I walk I don't know about 25k actually on the beach with my, my feet bear yeah and that for me i I can get to much uh, stuff happens like it's just total magic but i'm interested from your perspective like do you find your meditation more you know is more accessible through movement or when you're sitting uh still 
Uh, they're a little different, you know. It depends how I am, um, you know, in the moment because I'm always different, you know, in terms of my state of mind, my state of body, um, my state of being. Um, but for me, movement spoke to me because I, you know, there was nothing that brought me to the present state more than movement. And fundamentally, that's what meditation really is. It's access to the present state, you know. And that, that present state is a state of not engaging the mind in the way that we're kind of used to. It's the way that the mind has sort of taken over us. Um, and so movement naturally took me there. It was so quick. It was so instant, actually. Um, so... I would say for me that that reflects me a lot more to move because I, I know it so well. Um, but in my teaching of seated meditation, mostly through Buddhist principles, um, you know, there's different. There's a whole kind of structure and science in that, and there's a whole science to kind of um, sitting in posture and you know becoming the stillness and watching the mind follow that. That's quite a beautiful thing too, um, and allowing sort of yourself to go through all of your discomfort to get to that space um, it's a beautiful thing so I, I, don't, I don't know if I compare I think it feels like it's just a matter of when but I don't think anyone ever really needs to say that is meditation and that's not you know because we have a universal way of being and it is universal and it's personal and for me any way that you are finding a, a, a way of objectively watching your thoughts and watching your, your beingness and connecting out to the universe is your meditation that's it that's beautiful that's interesting and I noticed on your on your website because obviously you, you know the founder and creator which is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to talk to you today sure. of, of the beatbox moments and you kind of called that the theatre of presence yeah. which I absolutely love because yeah. I always call this the theatre of reindeer <laughs> particularly in London when I used to work at you know various newsrooms and we would just right. basically watch this guy news clip and then jump outside the front door and pretend we were outside the high court and then do a voice piece. Right. You know, that was the theatre of radio. Yeah, but obviously yeah, yeah. the theatre of presence is, is yeah. beautiful and right. I love that. So right. I would absolutely love to hear about how this all kind of came to fruition. Well, um, well, there's a few things. One is that, you know, my you know, big part of my heart lies in the city and, you know, the more that I was kind of waking up to my own realities and my own sort of world... Um, I just, you know, I was going off to work with Gabrielle a lot and coming back to the city and realizing how many people that I used to work with or know or love were just really depressed, you know. And I mean depressed, like depressed, not necessarily just mentally, emotionally depressed. Like their whole system was compressed and depressed. And and um, I kind of realized that, you know, that there really wasn't anywhere to go. I mean, people were... This is sort of late 90s, early 2000s, and, you know, um, September the 11th happened, and, you know, then everything started shaking, that cities became shaky, but I always grew up in a shaky city, and my dream in Belfast was always to create a space of stillness. It's always been since a child, I used to draw all the pictures on the city where people could go and just be together and reconcile, and um, I've always had that. It's instinctive in, in nature in me to be a, a peacemaker, really. And so B-Box was born as a way to bring sacred spaces back to the city. That's what I really wanted. And because I have a design and luxury and aesthetic background, I wanted that to feel new and different. And I wasn't adhering to any dogmatic belief. I wanted it to be for everybody. It wasn't conditional that you went in and suddenly you were studying Buddhism or, or uh, some kind of Vedic side. Or It, it wasn't about that. And so... Um, over the years with the rise of acceptance of meditation and um, this this kind of phenomenon coming 
um, I started to look into the neuroscience of meditation heavily and realized that if I could create these little spaces um, and they were accessible all over the world in cities all over the world, then people have a place to go if they're shaky themselves inside, if their home is shaky, which is often the case, or if their city is shaky, where can they go and actually have some space that's safe and, and that they can also get really good medicine of meditation or or experience because it's not just about meditation it's not learning to meditate in there it's about experiencing over a long period of time the present moment and we have lots of different aspects that come in which is the theater which invites you to your brain to become more more um uh, uh more plastic more pl with more plasticity it can it really allows itself to to engage with present state thinking so that you're less focused on your sort of usual thought patterns and actually it'll shift your patterns of your brain actually forever but <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a beautiful thing so you'll come out and it will do some good work put it that way I mean I think a lot of people I mean you know obviously when I, I do teach a little bit of meditation at the start of my yoga class but everyone's yeah. very put off by the idea of meditating because they're like oh but I can't empty my mind of thoughts it's like right. yeah no shit yeah. <laughs> who can it's, yeah. a, it's a very tough thing to do yeah, so I, I'm intrigued I... by this yeah, sorry. I just, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for that one because, you know, um, anyone who ever tells you to empty your mind of thoughts, I don't know what they're thinking because <laughs> they're obviously thinking about something. And actually, you know, that's impossible. And it's not, I mean, it's possible. Of course it is. It's possible through all, you know, forms of rigorous practice. And, but, but what's the point of that? Like, I always say that, you know, what's the point of just emptying your mind of thoughts? What's the, you know, is there a benefit to that? And for me, you know, I'm always saying it's about really creating relationship with your thoughts, creating healthy relationship with it, not emptying it. Emptying it in the West creates more, for me, is creating more um, punishment. So it's kind of like, oh, right, so I'm going to, now I have to lose weight and I have to lose my thoughts. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's another, you know, thing to beat myself with. I'm like, no you know it's like question yourself what is your relationship with your thinking because whenever you get into a, a more healthy relationship through meditation your thinking does not become you and of course we know that you are we are not our thoughts you know we know that and the more we we engage with that our thoughts will release and release and release and become more and more actually meaningless in some way but they're always going to be there all the little chip chip yap yap you know you're never good enough you're this and that they are there you know and they do fade over time with more meditation absolutely so I don't think that's the goal what a you know what's the point of that and also the other goal I would say to anyone out there who's you know looking to meditate or even advanced meditation you know this is not about being a professional breather you know I, I don't care if people are amazing breathe a breath you know and that's not you know, that's a great way to engage the body, to open all the systems, to open the glands of the, uh, of the whole body. But that's not what it's about, you know. Personally, that's mm -hmm. my view. Uh, it's not about being a good breather, you know. That, that's not, well, it is part of meditation, but that's not the goal. I think, yeah, I think there's two things going on there. So, but I think, yes, emptying the mind is nigh and impossible. But for, for me, meditation has always been about creating bigger pauses between right. between things yeah. so noticing Beautiful. my reaction and awareness of those thoughts coming right. and going and my ability to respond to them and, and mm -hmm. creating yeah a non-response mm -hmm. basically yeah. in my head 
and then yeah. ultimately through the rest of my my person right yeah so that sort of sense of really healthy detachment from thinking is why meditation exists because of course it allows us to create the practice in order to to really allow us to observe and see it things unfold and go yeah that's that pattern that's going on there it is going and and eventually it moves and it does and that's with practice it really does so of course it's um um it's absolutely about um like i said it's about creating a healthier relationship with your thinking you know with your thought processes and your feeling processes and um you know your your physical processes all of those things but also your life processes and your relationship processes and you know what you see and how you of course it's all of those things you know I mean you know obviously you said it earlier but you know our thoughts aren't reality and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just you know that haven't kind of uh, tinkered around with, with meditation a little bit you know really aren't you know they just have no uh, it's, it's very hard to, to, to control those yeah. thoughts you know and yes. they overtake your life and they mm. do become things because sure. they overrule what's sure. actually going on underneath that and once you have this awareness that thoughts are just, you know, your naughty mind like mm-hmm. playing with you mm-hmm. and that there is an ability mm-hmm. to actually shut that down mm-hmm. and tune into what's really going on mm-hmm. and make your own kind of existence a lot more pleasurable by mm-hmm. having more stillness, more peace, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. ability to access, mm-hmm. you know, that other reality. You right. know, uh, what's what your real uh, person desires. Right. Well, it's also, yes, and it's also about... Um, you know, allowing th- with that space comes really great thoughts. You know, it's not just about you know them all going and you know suddenly we're in sort of deep bliss. Yes, but actually, you know, it's great when you have very productive thoughts and you know uh, create. I mean, thought creativity comes through a lot of different kinds of ways of thinking and seeing. Um, and so, you know, it's it's more that for me. It's more about how 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 can I set my mind into a space where um, you know it really is useful and it's productive or creative or engaging or relational or in my heart or uh, you know through my body and and, you know my mind works that way it's not just um, a series of chemicals in my brain you know Um, so I for me it's a powerful potent tool meditation it's a it's a way of life for me Um, but I I just I'm mindful of becoming a sport and you know a lot more people are signing up for vipassana that's the extreme sport and you know it's like a, i mean i'm very happy people go but it's an extreme sport you know the extreme sport of meditation but um you know for me it's much more of a way of integrating into life it's not trying to get out of it you know i mean that's funny because i've signed up for about eight Vipassana's now in India every time I go I, that you know this little beast will rear its ugly head and I'll be like yes I'm going I've even booked flights and all sorts of things and when the push comes to the shove I never go I right. never ever right. go because I'm like I get so happy when I get to India something whatever it was that I was feeling that I wanted to go and meditate on uh-huh. will evaporate and I'm like yeah, why would I even do that to myself why do I want to go and sit there and torture myself sitting in the same position for like nine hours of meditation a day eating terrible food sleeping in a crappy old bed and yeah. getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning that to me sounds like hell on earth <laughs> that's funny I mean you know I've done a few vipassanas in my life and um, actually you do feel that a lot when you're in the tree of vipassana um, well I do uh, you know my first one I was almost murderous after third day you know um, but that's meeting all of the dimensions of the psyche you know and that's quite exciting as well when you can act, when you just sit with them you know rather than sort of distract them or engage you know it, it's an it's an it's a very fascinating journey on that level 
um, but I don't necessarily think it's just the the solution to everything you know um, you know the workshop world as you know when you if you've come to my workshops or you know for years in different workshops that I was doing or you know I was always encouraging people you know come to these places but they're not your life you know it's it's your life is out there you know the great workshop is out there you know that's the fun part you know if we're not having fun doing this work then what are we doing to ourselves yeah. right but I mean you know the past is not fun let's be honest here and I can <laughs> and you know when I met I don't know if you know Marion Stone actually I met her in India and she'd uh-huh. just come off one uh-huh. I mean you know I, well I can't really tell you actually what she said to me that would be a bit, <laughs> little bit um, yeah too much sure. sharing bless her heart but you know it, it, it just sounded because I, I was also thinking about booking one but it's you know, I think everyone kind of feels like 10 days of silence is a, is a healthy thing. But I've always thought that if I was going to be in silence, I want to be able to move. You know, right. If I could go on a, a movement meditation yes. silent thing, yes. like where I could go hiking in nature and that kind of thing, it'd yes. be perfect. But the yes. idea of sitting yes. for that many hours yes. a day in silence, yes. like it just doesn't feel like the aim yeah. of the game of life for me. As you right. said, right. it needs to right. be. I mean, I've had a lot of enjoyment in this life, but that sounds like extreme draconian measures to get to a place of right. potential bliss and there's no guarantees that you're going right. there there's no right. you know some people yeah. just never get there and right. you know I would right. say I'm probably going to be one of these people that I, and there is no getting there you know there's only getting here you know there is no there so that's that's what I'm saying that's why I'm saying you know that it's Ooh, sort sorry. of well hey that's <laughs> just a wake up slap that's alright I'm like so a sorry wake up. you just had a mozzie in the face <laughs> Just slap me across the face. It's fine. Whoa, um, that's, that's a, a wake up. We used slap. to, we used to go. Yeah, right. We used to go to was a very Buddhist the monastery. Either, killing we used to, well, no, in the monastery, we used to get you know whacked across <laughs> on the bamboo. You know, meditating if you had a little sort of sleepy nod or, oh yeah, sorry, it's all right. That's that's in the moment. Yeah, I just yeah, I think it's interesting. This kind of you know, I mean. I've just I've, I've listened to so many podcasts recently. I was listening to one from the the Tri Yoga guys the other day, and it was a woman interviewing Sharon Life from mm-hmm. um, Diva Mukti about mm-hmm. you know oh you know are you enlightened? And I hate this mm-hmm. word. Yeah. I hate it more yeah. than anything in the world. It's I such know. a ridiculous mm-hmm. you know uh, kind of um, pedestal to put mm-hmm. people on, or a place mm-hmm. that we think mm-hmm. is going to be accessible in this lifetime sure. for anyone who's normal sure. and who's addicted to their phone and uses technology yeah. on a daily basis. I mean, yeah. the idea that we in this Western world could ever yeah. get there when yeah. we are just not yeah. programmed and hardwired for stillness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that journey is um, actually it's a very lonely journey to do that, um, and it's a decision to make. I remember in my early days, you know, when I started to have a I mean I was meditating a lot at that time like practicing a lot and I remember I had that sort of I, I had the very very first steps in my life where I thought I might do that and um, and luckily I met Gabrielle that's when I met her uh, because you know <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful was, for that yeah yeah right um, and you know she just kind of brought a, a sort of a really great sort of New York quip and it was kind of like you know she was like, well, honey, you know, you know what, monks don't dance, honey. And it was like, you know, and I love dancing. I couldn't forgive that up, you know, for enlightenment. And she was like, you know, you move and you'll access it. And, no, you know, there, there's a place for that. But but um, in all seriousness, I think that path does exist. I don't think it's for everybody. I certainly feel it is a journey of the loner. And it's the journey, you know, uh, uh, I could sense that that's what I would need to do in order to take that path. And I remember it very well. I was staring at it. Um, and yeah there's no guarantee in that but it was uh, a life of really incredible discipline and then I think there are people who are just you know born into this world into this into this um, uh, 
generation um, and also incarnation even uh, who walk into this this way and there's not a training in it and you know they are incredibly open and enlightened beings and that does exist for me I'm very clear about that um, and um, you know they do come through um, so you know they are around but th those beings but I think uh, for the majority of the world that's um, yeah I wouldn't be throwing that word around too much <laughs> it's uh, it, it's not it's not worth it you know it's more punishment otherwise you know it's a bit like you know growing up as a Catholic saying you know well Jesus was the perfect example and you must live in pain you know in order to be more and more like him and pain and suffering and sort of self-loathing in order to become this and it was it's a little bit like that with enlightenment that it's kind of like well until you attain that then you're just you know you're just going to keep working and working and working and you know you're never going to get there and so it's a bit of a stick to hit yourself with I think I, I couldn't agree more I mean when I first got really into yoga I did my first teacher training I mean I just gave myself a hard time after that first teacher training about everything mm -hmm. drinking smoking sure. partying sure. you know having too much fun it was all sure. like I just felt terrible about myself for a yeah. really long time and I just yeah. couldn't I stopped going out I became yeah. much more internal I was just like yeah. nothing is fun anymore not one yeah. thing that I yeah. used to enjoy can I now do without guilt it's yeah. like yeah. what was the point of all of that and yeah. actually the more I've moved away from that side of it mm -hmm. the better I feel right, and right. I don't I don't want to be going down right. that path it's not a healthy path as right. far as I'm concerned particularly not for a girl like well, me not, right so you know it's a great there's a great conversation around freedom right so you know um you know I, I, again another line of Gabrielle she had some great lines and you know she said you know, do you have the discipline to be a free spirit and I always loved that line and that was one of her greatest of all and you know for me there is discipline and freedom I don't think it's about you know um, there is really no freedom from anything there's only freedom to be right so freedom from isn't freedom it's, uh, it's you know it, you're still trying to get away from whatever it is and so to me being free to be however you are and whoever you are is the ultimate so if you're doing that through yoga and discipline then wonderful if you're finding deep freedom in that then how beautiful is that if you're finding deep freedom doing it your way then how beautiful is that and fundamentally that has got to be what we really want that's what really opens our channels and our frequency to a joyful fulfilling life doesn't need to be hard work and resistance all the time you know that's part of our psyche but it's not everything so you know i would encourage anyone who's um, you know looking at a practice or taking on a practice or becoming a teacher is to really ask internally you know how will this bring a sense of discipline and freedom in my life and there's a good place to go it's a funny one that you've used the D word, which um, I used to think was a dirty, dirty word for a very long time. And <laughs> well, for a rebel, it is, of course. Rebellion, re re rebellion and discipline, they're two very interesting uh, dynamics, you know. But they can coexist alongside <laughs> one another, of course. And actually, what I've noticed in the last probably two years is that discipline really makes me very happy. Mm. And I'd always just thought, no. Discipline this is the most ridiculous right. thing ever, yes. but actually, discipline is like self-control. Yeah. Um, of course, we've all got this wonderful ability to, to derail and go, mm -hmm. you know, absolutely mm -hmm. off the rails, mm -hmm. like, yeah. well, with, without any notice whatsoever. I sure. love this spontaneous, spon spontaneous way of living, and, that, yes. and that's why I moved to Ibiza, and that's what yes. I find here is yeah. that one minute you can be in a deep meditation in the morning in a yoga sure. class, and the next minute you could be at DC Ten, sure. and the next minute you could be in a I don't know, sailing off to Formentera sure. with someone you've just met five minutes ago on the Absolutely. beach. And just anything can happen. And, and it's quite 
tricky to stay grounded here but yes. groundedness for me comes through a little bit of structure which is That's nothing right. I've ever had in my life before. Right. never had structure right. never had discipline never had a lot of self-control actually mm. which is something else mm. I've come to realise and actually living here can be amazing because of that yes. but it can also be hell on earth yeah, when sure. you lose control it's right. quite tricky to yes. put the train back on the tracks and you know through meditation it is is definitely where I'm finding more of that discipline not necessarily through sitting with cross legs as we sure. discussed before sure. but definitely through dancing through mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. through my own little mm-hmm. weird yoga practice mm-hmm. that we talked about mm-hmm. and lots of other things besides mm-hmm. and I think but discipline's a beautiful beautiful thing but yeah. I couldn't understand it before yeah well it's you know for me actually I find that I found the well it's just come into my life more I have more kind of disciplines um, here than I do when I was living in the city and um, I find my way it gave it off it allows me to really kind of go into the into the whole space of Ibiza as you say you never know what's happening in a day um, but I always know that I've got whatever I need to do to come back to and that, that really marks my day um, and that makes it more engaging for me rather than just kind of going with the wind because the wind can blow any which way here and you know there's many rabbit holes and many sort of different places and you know I, I know all of that when I first came here you know I did all that when I was younger I got very lost here and you know all of those things you just wake up and you're lying on a beach you don't actually know how you even got there and all of those things I didn't know north south east or west you know I really didn't but but to me that was kind of part of um, that time in my life um, but now my age now it's not really about that but I'm definitely here for the fun you know I'm absolutely here to enjoy it and soak it up and but I'm totally and utterly um, committed to me being engaged in my day and that's up to me um, it's not that I just get pulled and pushed everywhere and I'm not working in that way here you know so and the days are amazing um, and I attract in what I attract in from that you know and that's a beautiful thing here you know because we live in a, a very sort of uh, a, a very magnetic kind of community here and um, and uh, I love that I love seeing what just comes in today you know that's a beautiful thing I used to say I'm like a feather yeah and you pick me up and blow me anywhere that used to be how I was but I'm definitely not like that now right and I do have the yeah the structure and the tools and I it's good it's good it's a good that's where the energy is you know that's why you probably like to dance because you know that helps you come down it lands you know I was put your you know put your mind into your feet and see what happens you know rather than just in your head or your or a broken heart or a, a sort of you know an unheard voice or you know the feet are important you know they do they have so much intelligence during your day you know and they're grounding and they're like all right I'm here or I'm going to walk away I'm not doing that I'm going to go that way you know There's so much intelligence in that and everything is so seductive in Ibiza you know <laughs> she's such a seductress sorry so you know it's true right you know um and so it's a it's it's so everything feels very alluring and you know i I, it's got a big trickster energy ibiza for me so you know you i i have to be mindful of the illusions that i see or have to be mindful of the the sort of little moments of trickiness and all of those things they're great invitations for practice uh, and grounding and you know when it's clear and when it's yes and when it's no and you know yeah there's a lot of frequency movement in this island you know 
I think, yeah, I mean, it's very easy to become the yes man here, but actually what I'm, I'm noticing, like I said before, is being the no girl is mm. much more powerful. Yeah. Saying no is yeah. definitely much more powerful than saying yes all the time. Right. Yes just leads to utter madness. <laughs> yes, it can on this island, that's true. Yeah, it's, um, there's so many ways you can go, you know. But I think for me, no, you know, I, I love the in, I love feeling internal in Ibiza, you know. That that can often people feel like they're missing something, or you know, I love being at home. I love uh, writing and uh, say I, I love to sing and play guitar and all those things. Uh, I'm a real North Islander, clearly. Um, but actually, for me, it's just all of those grounding things that help me connect. Um, and and they're they're more and more important for me the more I'm living here actually I don't miss the party so much anymore I know they're coming and it's not like you're trying to you know you're not trying to find the next thing or look for the next one when I came for the first year I was curious so I wanted to see what was going on everywhere but now it's kind of a, a case of I'm going to let it all be now it's all good maybe we just turn up we rock up and see Harvey and go funking for a while <laughs> it was great fun it was hot but it was great fun um and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't seek so much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's just like it doesn't really matter. I mean, you, you kind of go through the FOMO stage when you live in a beach, of thinking you're missing out on everything, and you have right. to keep going out. But actually, yeah. when you get to a point where you actually physically can't, yeah, it's, it's like, exhausting. well, there's always going to be another party, no. always <laughs> tomorrow, and it'll probably be better. <laughs> that's Ibiza for you, you know. I think that's what's curious about this island. It is, it is the island of the hedonist in many ways. It's a hedonistic place. Um, and that's a good thing, you know. I think it, it's great to to be able to feel free in that. As long as you feel free, you know, not in the prison of hedonism. <laughs> Do you think that's possible to feel like you're in the prison of hedonism? Uh, I think, it, yeah, I think it. it well, if, I mean, you can see it here, you know. I think you can see. Um, sadly, you know, it can get very out of control very quickly, um, and that can be someone's life actually. Um, and you know. A few times that you know I've had people coming who have just really burnt out, and um, yeah, it does happen. That's you know it's the, the the dark side of the island as well. You know, you know it's a beautiful paradise, but there's a lot of dark elements here that I feel you know can easily kind of whip up the frequency. So uh, I'm really mindful of that and I'm very protective around those kind of energies, really. Absolutely, What's, uh, you need to be. So how do you, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea what you're going to tell me, but how do you reset here? What is it that you, you know, do to get completely out of your, and maybe out of your head and into your body to kind of get yourself back to where you want to be? Well, I mean, my, um, it depends on the season. So, you know, I'm, uh, I swim every day in the morning. Uh, I meditate, uh, I do some yoga in the morning and then I swim. Uh, I'm in the ocean. That's the first kind of, um, meeting of just cleansing and completely refreshing um, I love that and I, I love then to just take some sun because you know I'm someone called me the polar bear in the desert here I'm totally <laughs> Nordic and so for me that's my sun time is the morning time you know I love to take sun uh, I don't wear sun cream you know I really enjoy the soft sun and then you know come mid sort of late morning then I'm very engaged in my work in the world and what I'm doing and you know I have a lot of um, a lot of I spend a lot of time calling out around the world and um, making my things happen out there um, but then I also love Ibiza you know I'm big on sunsets and I have a lot of my own meditation spots that are way up in the secret spots and 
Um, I go up there a lot in the evenings, and I tend to try and get as much sunrise and sunset as I can. It's so good for you. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like that for me, you know. It works around the weather, or it works around nature, really. That's why I came here, you know. I came here to get all the benefits of nature, but to kind of feel like you're in the city still somehow, right? It's a sun. It's a funny thing, Ibiza. You can there's like you never lose the quality of your conversations, and they feel very modern and urban. But actually, we're in paradise. Look at us, you know. We're now under the stars, you know. We are, Chris. It's all got rather romantic, actually. <laughs> Snuggled up in bed under the stars. It Snuggled couldn't get much better, really. Under the stars. Oh, I know, right? That's gorgeous. Wonderful. And that, well, I mean, yeah, I think the swimming in the ocean business in the morning first thing. And, you know, when I went through a right old phase of catching sunrise every day for like three weeks on the spin, actually, and that, actually, that is actually one of the happiest. Yeah. You know, when you've got that, I yeah. think it's, they, they call it the um, circadian rhythm. You know, That's when you've right. got that thing That's right, right, That's uh, right, which is very easy to fall off that wagon right. in Ibiza with the bedtimes and the late meals yes, and the late nights and bloody blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. When I'm going to bed at a reasonable right. hour, like 10 o'clock, and I'm getting up at 6, I'm catching right. sunrise, even in the winter, yeah. I love that I rhythm. Know. It's the best thing in the world. Right. Well, there's the benefits of that kind of discipline, let's say. That's a discipline just to have that, right? And so, you know, for me, funny enough, with B-Box, we look at people, especially in the city, people's circadian systems are completely messed up and... You know, they have very little sense of where the sun is and where the day is. It's a really tragedy. And when you're sitting in the office all day and you have, you know, that really strong artificial light in those off, you know, the strip lights in the office that drive you, they're like microwaves. And then you're on your phone and screen and stress. And, you know, what an existence, you know. And so, you know, I, I, I don't mean that to feel pity. I mean that to, I, in my, because I know it myself, I've been there. Um, so, you know, for me to have, a life where my circadian rhythms are in gear I mean that's just healthy you know simple and I've come here for that I've come here for a really good healthy life and when I say healthy it's about absolutely enjoying every moment of it and health for me is you know it's mental physical emotional health Um, and I'm super in that zone with this island well you look like a shining picture of health and you're oh. always glowing and you always look so rested and relaxed and that's what I love about you I think oh. it's it's really great you. and you know lastly I mean you know with this beatbox thing I mean you're yeah. saying about the circadian rhythm being off yes. and you know through this project I mean obviously the main mission I guess is to give people a bit of peace and serenity that live that busy crazy mm. kind of on the move kind mm. of was it was it you said something about you know you can still be in the city but without losing you know the stillness essentially yeah but which is which yeah. is a beautiful plan yeah. well i say you know become still in the city so that you can still live your life and that you can it. still do the same things but with you know it's not just so the, the boxes are not just about even just being peaceful they're also about uh resetting actually uh, reinvigorating uh, rejuvenating uh, the way that you know the you know the, the box itself contains a whole um uh, mix of art uh, neuroscience technology with mind body soul programs and so you know you get benefits coming at you from all different angles and they're there to really help you get ready to go back out into your life so it is kind of time out but it's also you know resetting your frequency getting yourself ready and it actually is like a little kind of um compact version of Ibiza um, in some way it's like getting all of those benefits that we get but being able to have them in the city and being accessible for people who can't get here so that's my dream is to is to bring everything that I'm living and and allow share that out with people who just don't have access to it 
there is some Ibiza inspiration in these beatbox moments. Yeah, then. totally. I, I'm building the creative hub here. I'm totally focused on how I can build some, all my innovation here as well. And then, you know, we'll, we'll put the, the spaces all over the cities. There the spaces for one or there's spaces for 40, 50 people as well. Um, it'll be like studios. And they'll have body classes, mind classes, all sorts of really amazing work. And do, working with some really great high-profile artists, um, visual artists, musicians, and even pop artists I'm starting to engage with as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a real mission. But it comes with the spirit of here, you know. It is totally exporting the energy of Ibiza into into those other worlds which I think is a good thing right how could that ever be a bad thing right. I mean definitely this is definitely one of the most healing spaces if you allow it to be yeah. that you could ever be in in the yeah, world for it's sure so vibrant this island you know it's just full of vibrations you know and good vibrations mostly and so uh, that's that's what this project aims to do that's what Bewax is about you know it really is and so I'm I'm here so I can keep absorbing it, so I can keep putting it back in and, you know, it feeds me to feed many others, you know. That's the mission. So where can people catch it? I mean, I know it was in London, in Shoreditch, in the in the Browns kind of uh, right. HQ. Yeah, well, we just opened in L.A. and uh, we've just done three months in L.A. now, uh, which is really cool. And then we're going to do another one in London towards Christmas time, um, which will be a drop-in again. And then come January, February, we're going to be... Um, more sort of working with different partners so you'll see them in hotels and um, offices and hopefully some public spaces and um, yeah and then we look at how we sort of continue that all around the world and the studios will open in 2020 and that'll be more like street level um, you'll be able to you know just sign up for classes and work on, on, on you know all your different systems and you know the sound and light medicine that you can get now I mean it's amazing what you, you can do in these spaces um, and so I'm, I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen. It's going to be quite a journey. I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen. I can't bloody wait. I actually was in London when <laughs> the, one of these was probably, I literally just couldn't make it to one of these. God, I was I gutted know, and I'm literally itching to I have this, one well, of these there, experiences. There will, there will be more. And, you know, and lucky us because, you know, like I said, we kind of live in a big bee box in some way here. You know, it is these, it is these elements that really matter. Um, but we'll have something in the, on the island as well soon. Watch this space. Hurrah! Can't wait for that. Thank you so, so much. And just lastly, with the five, are you doing anything else this year, like a yes. retreat or anything? Yeah, um, I'm going to do. Well, I'm I'm going to keep monthly classes going. So, um, we'll do them. They generally fall around the full moon, as you know, and um, uh, we'll keep going with the monthlies. And then I hope next year to be doing uh, another retreat, um, and it will be something really magical this retreat uh, I'll be working with some of the people who worked with Gabrielle Roth who are amazing and we're looking at bringing more fiber rhythms and uh, the, the sort of the ritual theatre of our life and it'll be quite quite a piece quite a dramatic piece it's very beautiful so yes so watch this space and um, if anyone wants to catch me next week I'm going to be doing a we're showing um, the video of or the documentary even of um Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, the great Vietnamese monk who, um, who basically created the mindfulness movement. And uh, he's, uh, he has a place called Plum Village in France, very famous um, retreat space. Made a documentary about him. It's a very beautiful meditation documentary, so it's like meditating and watching at the same time. And I'm going to do a meditation walk and then watch the movie, and that's going to be at La Granja next Monday. Uh, that's going to be the 8th in the evening. 
that involves some movement, very gentle, just walking, simple, mindful movement. And then we'll watch the documentary up there as well. That's going to be very beautiful. So. Well, actually, I've got a retreat, but I'm going to bloody well bring them with me. Oh, yeah, come for the walk. That'll be a beautiful thing to do. They can come on the walk. Um, and that'll be a very beautiful walk through the grounds. And then we'll, there'll be a silent walk, and then we'll end up sitting on the, on the mount and watch, the, watch that movie. And he's a master, a real master. And Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, he's followed by millions of people around the world. He's been on Oprah lots of times. He's a super integrated guy. He's old now. He's really much older. Um, but a really powerful, uh, like the Dalai Lama, probably second to the Dalai Lama in the Buddhist world, uh, to bring this easiness to the world and, you know, the easiness of understanding their work, which I really admire and respect. And we're looking to do something at B-Box with them as well. And, be very beautiful so watch this space I'm, I'm watching it and I'm totally <laughs> in for all of that wonderful stuff like the great, retreat the great. documentary the walk yeah. all of it all of it all of it and we'll, um, we'll have more classes and sessions and really good um, really good nights where we can really move and move truly madly deeply together well, that that, <laughs> that brings things neat, neatly to a close in, in my book. And um, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I, I really am. Like, the dance and, oh, you know, even having you as a bit of a sounding board for this whole yeah. little reset yeah, project has, well has been fab. Keep broadcasting to the world. Keep pushing out your things to the world. That's what it's about, you know. We get this little short life and we have so much possibility to just throw our stone, let it ripple and see where it goes. Keep on rippling, Christopher. <laughs> Ripple on. Rippling, rippling muscles, <laughs> rippling wonderfulness. You're just a picture of, yeah, a, a lovely human that I'm glad to, uh, glad to have met on this beautiful island. So, um, thank you. Though. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Gorgeous. Reset rebel. It's the reset rebel. It's the reset rebel. It's the reset rebel. to you every-